0: listening to the not so black and white real estate podcast
1: with your host sir colin campbell and gary a mcgowan
2: good afternoon good afternoon it's your host sir colin campbell here with gary A. mcgowan And you're tuned into the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. I got to tell you, we have a special guest on the podcast today. The man who is stored in my phone as the Options Oracle.
1: Oh, get out of here.
2: I'm telling you, the Options Oracle, that's how he's stored in my phone. Omar Khan, welcome.
0: Thank you, Colin. I really appreciate that, sir. Colin, I appreciate that. Uh, I don't know if I'm... uh, That might be a very... uh... (laughs) Very generous title you've bestowed upon me, but uh, I, I do appreciate it.
1: The Oracle. I like it. I don't yeah. know many people call the Oracle. In fact, I think one. One. Now.
0: Yeah. one. Actually, <laughs> I know even... one. The Oracle of Omaha. Which the, is Oracle, awesome. the Oracle not, of Omaha. Nowhere near,
2: uh, and that is but, why I saved you as the Oracle. So you're the Oracle of Toronto, Mississauga, Oakville, you know.
1: I Oracle. appreciate that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Omar. There's a lot of things we're going to talk about today, and a lot of that has to do with generating wealth and allowing people to understand the value of educating and being, your word, financial literate, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. So, before we get into all that, who the heck is Omar Khan? Give us that 30 second, 60 second backdrop bio of who you are.
0: All right, I'll give you a nice quick bio. I went to, I went to, uh, I went to Uh, My parents are immigrants, so I grew up in a a household where financial literacy was not taught, you know, like typical immigrant story. We were taught to buy things cash and, you know, don't over leverage yourself in any way. Don't buy real estate unless you have cash. It was just that same background. And which flash forward, I went to U of T, did an economics degree, um, got a great degree from a great university. Um, Then I started working in the financial industry for 15 years. Um, And the weird thing is I came out of university uh, financially illiterate. And that's the thing that really bothers me to this day. I shouldn't never have gone to school and come out financially illiterate. So I had to educate myself on real estate. I didn't know a thing about real estate because remember, I came from the stock world. I had to learn about real estate. So over the years, uh, I purchased about $15 million of real estate, which I currently hold. I actually held a bit more. I had about 20 or 22 At one point, I've reduced it down to about 15. I have a sizable uh, stock portfolio. And my only job now is to make make people financially literate by educating them to use the stock market and the real estate market to create wealth for them and their families. When you learn both of these categories together, it is truly a beautiful thing. So that's Omar Khan. That is my mission. Financial literacy, my friend.
1: I like it. You now have the O for Oracle for me. <laughs> I like it. I like so it. So now,
2: tell, tell, tell us, Omar, um, someone like you rightfully said, and you mentioned that you were in the stock market industry, and we're going to dive some more into that later on. But how does one decide that my mission in life is to, make, to help create a financial literacy awareness and it's my mission to have as many people as possible be literate in the financial is just knowing and understanding money and how to make money.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so most of us, you know, most people get stuck in the daily rut of life, right? They get, they get, they get out of school they start working and they never really have an opportunity to open their own business. Would you guys agree? It's really difficult for most people to do because you have financial obligations in life, right? You've absolutely. got, uh, you, you, you've got things. And then people always say, follow your passion, follow your passion. Uh, that's great. You need financial resources to follow your passion quite frankly, right? Which people leave out of that conversation. I agree. Follow your passion. So, um, uh, this past summer, uh, my business partner, Matthew, and myself, we really thought hard and long about what we want to do the rest of our lives because, you know, we were thankfully in a position where we didn't have to make a decision because of money. So we got to make a decision because, uh, you know, based on what we wanted to do. So we thought, we thought, and then we was sitting underneath our noses the whole time. We've been teaching people to trade options for years and years and years, uh, just friends and family informally. So we like, you know what? Why don't we teach everyone or as many people as we possibly can how to use this knowledge to their benefit to help them acquire, you know, other assets like real estate and stuff like that. So that was our mission. And that's uh, that's where we stand right now. We started this company about uh, about eight months ago. So so far, it's been going great, Colin. You came to one of our classes and uh, and you learned the, about the world of options, right? That's something you knew absolutely nothing about before. Absolutely. Uh, and, and most people will never learn about it, which is which is which is so unfortunate. It Doesn't have to be that way.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and people don't know about it because of. Is that because it's just not front and center, or it's not that glamorous way, or is it too sophisticated? Do You think that people have that fear? Why, why do you think people don't know in, uh, more about stock options?
0: it's right, simply just not taught. It's not that it's it's overly complicated. I I have taught people from, you know, all walks of life, whether they be uh, you know, uh, a white collar, blue collar, it, it doesn't matter. I've taught people from pretty much every walk of life how to do this. So it's not a question of it's just based on uh, it's it's literally a lack of of knowledge, a lack of, you know, a teaching. It's not taught in high schools, it's not taught in universities. In fact, when I worked in the finance industry for 15 years, I wasn't even taught there. So it really bothers me that it's not taught at all because it really gives people the ability to make money for themselves and their families without having to leave their job. You know, it's the ultimate side hustle, right? If you learn how to do this property, you know, you can, you can parlay that into, into, a, into a really nice real estate portfolio, which is, you know, which is what I did. And I, the cool thing is it's kind of like the idiot's guide for becoming wealthy, right? When you learn how to put these both, both these categories together because you don't have to start a business. You don't have to leave your job. You can simply just learn them on the side and you can grow them both big enough so that one day you can leave and one day you can pursue your passion. So that's my uh, mission with this company. Uh, Like I said, I was a victim of financial literacy and it really bothered me to be financially illiterate and yet be highly educated. Uh, And we are here to eradicate that for as many people as possible so they don't have to go through that same mess that we went through.
2: Okay, Uh, well said there. Now, Omar, most people, when they hear stock market, when they hear options, when they hear stocks, uh, dividends, it creates a fear where most brains just shut down and yeah. they' like, tell me something else. So could you and you know explain options in a way that my 14 year old or 15 year old kids will understand?
0: Absolutely. So that's a great question, Colin. Um, Options, the way we use them, you can use them in a lot of different ways. But the way we use them is we use them to insure stocks that we want to buy. So basically, if you look around, insurance companies are highly, highly profitable. So what we do is we look at the best companies, the best stocks in the world that we want to own. Let's say, for example, uh, uh, any pick a company, a TD Bank. Okay. Yep. (laughs) we will then go and insure it below its market value and we'll get paid insurance money. And our worst case scenario is that we wind up owning that stock at a, at a nice discount. If the stock doesn't go to that price, well, then we keep the insurance premium and we do it month after month after month. And the idea is to take all those uh, premiums that you receive over time and and use it to acquire another asset category. And for me, it's been namely real estate. And I'll continue to do that going forward. So to, to a 14-year-old, the easiest way to explain this would be uh, insurance. You are literally insuring stocks you want to buy. So, for example, if a stock's trading for $50, whatever that stock happens to be, and you like it for $50, great. I'm sure you would like it more for 47 right? So you can insure it for $47, and you get, let's say you'll get paid, let's like, say, a dollar or a $2 uh, insurance premium for a month or two to do that. Now that's a pretty sweet deal, right? So that's that's the easiest way I would, I would explain that. Okay. Okay. So Um, imagine, imagine you can do this with real estate, right? Imagine, imagine you can do this with real estate. Let's say for example, you see a $500,000 duplex just sitting around and, and and the the numbers make sense. And you go to the owner of that duplex, you know what? 500 grand. I love the price. I'm okay with it, but I'll insure it for 490 grand next month. So that means I'll guarantee you a buy price of 490 grand. I remember I like it at 500, but I'm going to guarantee you a buy price of 490 next month. And for, for doing that, somebody pays you $10,000. Would you guys take that deal?
2: <laughs> every day and all day?
0: Exactly, yeah. every day and all day. So the same thing happens in the stock market. The reason the stock market gets such a negative connotation is because what happens is some guy, you know, somebody will listen to their neighbor about some weed stock or some other nonsense stock. <laughs> you know, it's just rumors and some penny stocks, and these things all fizzle out and they're all garbage. The stock market is a bunch of companies. So what the idea is to do is to buy the best companies in the world. Not you know some hot rumor you heard from your neighbor who doesn't quite frankly know anything. You wanna go with the biggest and best companies in the world. So what we do is we insure the biggest and best companies in the world. And our downside is that we have to own them at a discounted price. I can live with that level of risk. So for us, that's uh, it works out quite well.
2: So now I'm sure some of our listeners are saying, okay, yes, Omar went to University of Toronto. He came out with an economics degree. You know, what gives him the, the right to be teaching me or educating me on the stock market options? So give us a little background when you mentioned you were on Wall Street or um, help us understand what that, what that means.
0: Yeah, I've been trading since 1999, okay? And I've made all kinds of mistakes trading because, again, the lack of financial literacy. So over the years, you know, myself and my business partner, we basically self-taught ourselves to trade the right way, to be very responsible in what we do. So that's why we've come up with this program. It works very well for us, and our job is to teach as many people as possible. So we've just started the company, like I said, about seven or eight months ago. We've already taught... 550 or so students how to successfully do this and understand it so they can use this knowledge for the rest of their lives and our mission is to uh, teach as many people as possible so i've been trading for like i said for 21 years in 21 years you learn you know you make a lot of mistakes when i was uh younger in my early 20s i made a lot of mistakes about trading i didn't you know and then i had to okay so this doesn't work and I had to learn what I'm doing and then you finally get down to a process that is very very repeatable that is you know it takes us now 30 minutes a day it's it's it's, our downside is that we own a really high quality stock at a discounted price this is a level of risk that I'm more than willing to accept in return for a high return because I'm getting paid these insurance premiums. getting paid really well these insurance premiums. and what's my downside I own a stock I wanted to buy anyways at a discount I can live with that level of risk. So I
1: want to, I want to get into that but before we get there I want to, I'm going to go back to, you know, how does one, how how did you educate yourself just by doing it, by trying it? Like, what what did you read? I want to, I I kind of know the answer, but I want our audience to know the answer because this to me is one of the most important lessons I think of the day is kind of your story on what you did and how you did it and where you went right, where you went wrong.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. At first, you know, when you're younger, I went for the bigger return, right? I went for the, uh, you know, put in five grand and hopefully it turns into a hundred. That's, that's what I was doing before. And that was, I realized when I was younger, that was the wrong approach, right? So I'm, it was, it was far too risky. So over the years, uh, we just taught ourselves, we read and we read and we read. I cannot tell you how many books I've read on trading and, and investing, the Warren Buffett books and Charlie Munger books and, 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 and trading, and we use one specific technique. Really, that's all, all we do. Actually, two: uh, naked puts and covered calls. And you start realizing that hey, if I use this one technique to acquire stocks I want to buy anyways at a great price, I, I, you know, the odds are heavily, heavily tilted in my favor to win the, the to win over the long run. So then you start to realize, hey, I'm not going to do any of that other stuff. I'm just going to focus on ensuring the biggest and best companies in the world, ones I want to buy anyways, at a discount. And we did that basically by reading and, 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 and trading, uh, basically through experience and through reading. You know, they say knowledge is power. Knowledge is, it truly is. Once you have knowledge, nobody can take it away from you. That's awesome.
1: Okay, so there's a few things that I want to jump on. And and for, for those that aren't in, in the game, like you are every day. Uh, I, I th- there's a few questions that come to mind actually is so that just so we're all f- uh, on the even playing field with the terminology, uh, you use puts and, and naked puts or naked call. I'm not even sure what you use now, but, uh, explain to us a little bit what that is. It's just so as we continue this conversation, we're all on that same conversation playing field, for instance. So what does that mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it makes complete sense. Thanks, good question, Gary. Um, and they can put essentially is, is is writing insurance on a stock. It's it's basically a way to acquire a stock, okay? Mm-hmm. So let's say there's a stock I want to own. Um, we'll call it, uh, just for the sake of argument, we'll say uh, Microsoft. Great company, right? Uh, it's one of the biggest companies in the world. They've got a huge moat around their business. It's not exactly, they don't have a lot of uh, um competition in the software sector, and they're very, very diverse in terms of what they do. Okay, so let's say it's trading at about $160. And I go in there and I say, you know what? It's great at 160, but I'd love to buy it for 150. So I would go and write a naked put at 150. Okay, so that's $10 below its current market value, okay? I think it's a little bit lower than that today, I think it's 155 or something. But anyways, we'll just take an argument where we use 160 as its current price, and I'm going to go and buy it for $150, okay? So I want to buy Microsoft anyways, so I'm happy to buy it at $160. i am happier to buy it at 150 So the naked put is the insurance that we put on it at 150 okay? That means if Microsoft goes below 150 I have to buy it for 150 The reason I don't care is because I want to buy it for 160 anyways. And because I've now guaranteed a buy price of $150, let's say I get paid $5 a share for that. So and my real cost of acquisition would be actually 145 because I would buy it for 150 and I'd also get paid the $5 uh, for the insurance premium. Now, if it stays above 150, I keep the $5 and I insure it again next month and then next month and next month and again and again and again and again, and again until eventually I have to buy the stock. But for us, it becomes a win-win scenario. We don't care if we own the stock or we collect the insurance premium. We win either way. And that's why we've devised the system the way it is and made it so simple. So really all we do is uh, we insure stocks, uh, we insure, we, s- we sell insurance on 10 to 15 stocks, and I'm guaranteeing you've heard of every one of them. They're the biggest and best companies in the world. Sure. So a downside scenario, is that we own one of these stocks, or all of them, at a discount. I can live with that level of risk because I believe that even if Microsoft goes down for a bit, I believe that eventually it'll go back up. I believe that if I insure TD and it goes down for a bit, it'll go back up because these companies are simply just too big to fail. And they've been around for a long, long time. So this is the strategy we use. And the cool thing is, it only takes you 30 minutes a day. You know, you can keep your day job and do this. You don't have to like, you know, when you see these, uh, uh, these uh, people talking about day trading, you see a guy with like four screens and like, you know, I don't want that stress in my life. You know, I trade 30 minutes a day off my phone and it's 10 to 15 companies that I understand extremely well. My worst case scenario is that I own one of these companies and I get paid some dividends and I hang around and wait until the price recovers. I can live with that level of risk. Does that seem pretty fair, Gary? Yeah, I love it. Love so,
2: it. So, so now, Omar, uh, just let me jump in here quickly, because yeah. we're talking about stocks. We're talking about options. And yeah. we're looking at the market at its highest point. I think it's 12th of February was uh, 29,000. Uh, that was the Dow, uh, 29,600 or whatever. Today yeah. Today, the market is 23,008 something. So, a drop of uh, essentially 6,000 points.
0: Well, let's forget the 6,000 points. Let's say the the drop has been almost 20% now. 20% drop.
2: That's a huge drop. Huge drop. I couldn't agree with you more. So, now with that, the market is. Chaotic right now because of coronavirus and so on, and we're talking about owning stocks.
0: Yeah, so you're right. The market has dropped twenty percent right now. I don't view these things as catastrophic. I view them as opportunities to buy the best companies in the world at a discount. Right. The whole idea is buy low, sell high. The idea is not, you know, the other way around. When here's here's a line, and and never forget this line.
2: Warren Buffett line. Hopefully, it's the Warren Buffett line.
0: It is. When others are fearful, be greedy. And when others are greedy, be fearful. Okay. Right now, everyone is terrified. Yes. This is when I get most excited because I know I can scoop in there and buy these companies on the cheap right now. Like some of the yields on these Canadian stocks, these dividend stocks, like Tini, for example, a year of like six and a half percent. That means you get paid six and a half percent dividends a year just to hang around and own the stock, forgetting the price appreciation on it just to own it.
1: Love it. Uh, yeah.
0: Right, yeah. and then that, and that dividend tax treatment is uh, is quite preferential. So, you know, on an after-tax basis, it would be equivalent to to a second mortgage, but far, far safer because your backstop is TD Bank.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know? As opposed to an 80% LTV on a loan with some guy that who knows where he is or where his house is, right? So for me, uh, I like to use both of the categories together to be able to, like, if you only understand a real estate, for example, okay, you only understand real estate, you can never allocate resources elsewhere, right? You don't know the stock market, so you want to know what the hell to do with the stock market. So, right now, the stock market's down 20%. Now, I have a bunch of lines of credits available in my real estate. What do I do? I use them to buy stocks on the cheap right now, right? Because I believe that my stocks, because they're so high quality, will eventually recover. I believe that this coronavirus will eventually be over with, and eventually the stocks will recover. In the meantime, I collect nice healthy dividends, okay? So I'll give you an example, okay? So let's say I were to take a $100,000 line of credit out of uh, of a a real estate uh, uh, portfolio, okay? I'm paying 3.5% to borrow that money, okay? If I simply just buy TD stock, just buy it. I get paid 6.5% and TD has never missed a dividend. So just that alone gives me a 3% positive cash flow and then all the appreciation on TD over the years, because it's down 20% right now, is all mine. And this is the key with knowledge. You'll know how to allocate resources from one asset category to another. But the only way you can do that is if you're actually able to fully understand both asset categories. If you only understand real estate, you're never gonna know what the hell to do with the stock market when it's down. You're just gonna be terrified and panic. If you only understand the stock market, when the stock market's up, you won't know to pull money off the table and acquire real estate. So that's why I do both. And that's, to me, financial literacy is financial confidence. Once you have financial confidence, it's a pretty cool thing.
1: I love it. It, Uh, it, it, It's one of the things that we talk about a lot here is, um, you know, there's, there's vertical wealth and there's horizontal wealth. Yeah, and, and and we teach, and I know Colin talks about this too. Is is the horizontal meaning? What's the different opportunities for generating wealth? So we have investment properties, and there's different types of investment properties. And as as you yeah. alluded to, there's second mortgages. So that's that would be a different pillar or different vertical within that horizontal line. Right. This, the stock market, and and
0: there's a thousand different ways to invest in this. And the stock market is the least understood category, right? That's the problem. Nobody understands it because they, people just give bad advice. You, you, most stories I hear about the stock market, oh, yeah, my cousin invested in some weed stock and he got killed. Of course yeah. he did. <laughs> Who told him to invest in some weed stock? Of course. You he know? Right? Now, if, if you had owned TD for the last 20 years, just simple, basic TD stock, you'd have made great money. Like – Phenomenal money, right? Yeah, but people gravitate towards all the high-flying stocks, and you know this is cool. Those, those us, we leave those alone, and we only go after the biggest, best companies in the world because we want the worst-case scenario. To be that we get one of these companies at a discount, we can live with that level of risk.
1: Yeah, I love it. The uh, I remember um, about six, seven years ago, I went and sought advice from one of my favorite clients who invested heavily into the, into the stock market and and in options at the time. Weed stock? Uh, no, definitely not oh, weed uh, stock. <laughs> and that very knowledgeable. He's he's since passed on, but just he was oh, probably sorry. one of the first gentlemen that I met that uh, invested in options. And I asked him. So my son has has uh, Down syndrome, which is a discount. Ability and he gets an rdsp so um and, uh funding from the government in a sense to generate uh, a future for him and, yeah. I, and i said what do i do with this money I, I you know what do i do with it as obviously it's a long-term gain or long-term play yeah and his advice to me not far off from what you're talking about omar get into a bank get into your favorite bank they pay the dividend and just keep reinvesting that dividend. It's been seven years now with, I think, TD. And at. it's one of those set it, forget it, and we get a return on it every year no matter what. Exactly. Apart from the growth. And and it's exactly what you're saying. You're just doing it on a slightly different strategy in a different pillar, but I love it. It's the same same scenario at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, it's the same thing. So our default scenario would be that, where we hold TD. Right. But the difference between what, what you're talking about, what we talk about, is we insure TD stock prior to actually having to get into it. Right. So that gives right. us a discount and it gives us a nice insurance premium, which gives us a really big buffer in case the stock goes down, which is great. And then our default is that we own TD Bank and that's, the, who cares, that's, you know, and if TD a Bank and the likes of TD and, uh, you know, Microsoft, if they all go out of business, I can assure you we'll have much bigger problems <laughs> than, uh, than, uh, than worrying about stock prices. Yeah.. No
2: now, Omar, you mentioned TD, you've mentioned Microsoft. Someone attending uh, your course or some of the people that you mentor. Uh, how are you advising them to select these TDs and Microsofts?
0: Oh, we're not advising them. We cannot give stock advice. So I want to make that very, very clear. We cannot give stock advice, nor am I. Don't construe this as stock advice. Okay. This is just simply a theory, okay, like a, in terms of a, like what we do. So we can tell you what we do. We ensure the biggest and best quality stocks in the world. Now, whether you what stock you pick, that's up to you. So we tell people, hey, look at some stocks that you really, really want to own, okay? Because it could be different for everyone. Like, for example, if you work in the technology sector, you know, you might not want a lot of technology stocks. Uh, if you work in the banking sector, maybe you're more familiar with the banking sector. So you want to insure more of them. So we encourage them to create their own list of biggest, best companies in the world and then simply start placing insurance on these uh, on these stocks. So it's more about the the knowledge and the, and the, and the theory. The stock selection is entirely up to you. We'll tell you what we do, but we can't give stock advice. So we, like, the the names that we insure are, like, I guarantee you've heard of every single one of them. Does that make sense?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Because I know there's, um, you know, and this is how most people get burned. They're just looking for okay tell me what is the next stock i should invest in and what you are basically saying do the research because this is how you learn you've read many books and you're passing this knowledge on from a lot of the mistakes you've made but you're already you're also saying listen do some of the research so that you understand these stocks so if tv is trading at you know I don't know what TD's trading at right now but you, I know you know that what is TD trading at currently
0: It's like $58.59 dollars so, it's been 50, taking quite a beating yeah. lately but you know so TD's trading at
2: $58 okay. now you understand that okay this is a steady slow and steady uh trading uh price for TD You're okay putting uh putting uh, buying it at 56 57
0: Right, yeah. so let's say, for example, TD is trading at $58. I can actually do a live example for you right now, okay? So let's look at it live, okay? So we've got 13 minutes before the market closes. I'm going to give you a live example, okay? So TD is trading at, uh, it's pretty down day today. Today's a bit of a bit of bloodbath, but again, we can't control that. All we can control is what's in our control. So TD is trading at $58.16, okay? Yep. Uh, it's got a dividend yield of 6.8%. That means you're going to get paid 6.8% just to hold the stock. Forget about any appreciation or anything like that, okay? So remember the price, $58.20. So I'm going to go in there, I'm going to say, you know what? Love TD at this price. I want to insure this stock for, let's say, $58. Almost the exact same price it's trading at right now. Or in fact, let's go to $56. Do you like it for $58? You say, yes, I like it for $58. You clearly must like it more for $56. And I'm looking at this live right now. If you insure it for $56 for next month, April 17th, which is 37 days from now, you're going to get paid a little over $3 a share to do that, okay? So what that means is if TD goes below $56, you'll have to buy it, but you still get the 3 bucks regardless. So your real cost is 53 If TD stays above 56 in the next 37 days, well, hey, you just keep the 3 bucks at $3 a share and so... That's why it really becomes a win-win scenario for us. Either we acquire TD really, really cheap, or we get three dollars a share just for insuring it. We don't care either way. So for us, this is why this system is is so favorable and it works so well for us. You know, when you're insuring the biggest and best companies in the world, even if TD goes down temporarily, you know, this coronavirus will eventually be over and cooler heads will prevail. And when it does. TD stock price will probably go up significantly. I I don't know for sure, but history tells us that. Because we know I I, I sit back and I collect a dividend, I, I keep writing insurance on it, and it makes some pretty good money.
2: Absolutely, because we know TD was trading a month ago at 75. Pardon me? I said we know TD was trading a month ago at $75.
0: Yeah, and now it's at 58, so the idea again, like I'll say, is buy low, sell high, right? So if it's at 58, and they've got a dividend yield of 6.8%. Think of that. They're paying you almost 7% a year just to hold their stock. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of money to get paid just to hold their stock, right? And they increase these dividends almost year in and year out. And normally you won't get a stock that, that pays you almost 7%. So what happens is people start buying this. So once this coronavirus is over, you're going to see start seeing people buy up these stocks really, really cheap because they are really cheap.
2: Absolutely. Um, no. Okay. But.
1: So there's there's a couple of things here I want to do. Is one, I got a, I got a bunch of questions for you, but we're gonna to get to that in a second. Um, then I got another line of questions for you, which we're gonna do work. right now. And, and some of that is, so what we do here is we could do, we do this segment called rapid fire questions. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. You're going to give me the first answer that comes to mind. They are all very serious. And if you can see my face, the answer is no, they're not serious, (laughs) but let's have some fun with this. And then I want to get back into some of those options and then like the different dates that are are out there. And I just want you to kind of explain some of that, but we'll get into that afterwards. So, um, here we go. Rapid fire questions. You ready for this? Ready. Ready. Okay, here we go. Would you rather be texting or talking? Talking. Favorite season of the year? Summer. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? No, definitely not. <laughs> ah, there we go. First celebrity crush?
0: Alyssa Milano.
1: Oh, there you go. Hey, who's the boss? That's right. Who is the boss? boss? Yeah, it's, I'm dating myself, but yeah, who's the boss? <laughs> We're all there with you, my man. <laughs> Favorite junk food?
0: I'd say chips.
1: Chips, well done. And following up with that is double dipping at a party ever acceptable? What
0: was that? I, I you cut
1: out there for a second. Is double dipping at a party ever acceptable? Absolutely not. Okay, here we go. In the in the 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 epicenter of, of coronavirus, definitely no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: definitely no. Definitely no. That's just that's just wrong. You can't double dip. That's, that's right. Fine. You can't double dip though. Wrong, wrong, wrong. What if it's the other end? If it's the other end, it's fine. Okay, there we go. We got clarification it, on the on the Yeah, if on. it's the eating end, <laughs> then you're, you're you're being socially, you know, socially awkward. I would say how oh, people start looking at you a little bit funny. You know, this guy doesn't really know what he's doing.
1: That's right. Just take the I whole soul. Uh huh. Beautiful. <laughs> Name one of the seven dwarfs.
2: Sleepy. <laughs> it's everyone says sleepy.
1: Everyone says sleepy. I always follow that up with, "Do not read into the answers."
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, would you rather have cake or pie? Pie. A couple more here. The movie, The Godfather or Star Wars?
0: Godfather all day oh, long. Yeah. You Every know how many good day. business lessons are in the movie Godfather? Right. <laughs> I don't like their business. I'm not advocating their business, mm-hmm. but the business lessons. There we go. <laughs>
1: there we go. Um, and And what is the last question, actually? Would you rather climb a mountain or jump from a plane?
0: Oh, jump from place
1: maybe. Oh, there we go. Rapid fire questions. Thank (laughs) you for that. (laughs) Thank you. Little fun we like to have. So, double dipping is okay if it's the opposite sides. That's what
2: I learned there. Okay, I have a question. Okay. When did double dipping become a huge issue?
0: Cause... yeah it's just, it's just it's not hygienic right you, if, you have, if you have a cold or you, have, you might spread some germs and, and a lot of people especially in this current environment i would definitely not not even the other end no end yeah you take one dip and you get the hell out of there that's as simple as that in this current environment you know people are wearing masks and
1: oh yeah they can't take okay. people's
0: hands anymore yeah uh, we're, we're worst, the
1: worst pet peeve is being at a, at a at a function a party wherever where there's kids and there's like that five-year-old that is just dipping his whole hand into your favorite dip. <laughs> yeah.
0: Come on now. And he has a cold. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You know, all you got to say to yourself is, hey, guys, uh, uh, dip's done for me today. Dip's done. I'm going to have to yeah. move on to something else. it's that right. done.
1: That's right. Love it. Love it. Okay. <laughs> Stock options. This yeah. is good. I, I'm i I'm sitting here and I'm absorbing it all in. I can't wait to like actually get into like- Trading? Trading and all that, like, well, educating first, because I can yes. go trade all day. Yeah, it's, yeah, What am I doing? I have no idea, Omar. Um, but talk to us a little bit, or explain to me, and, and for the audience that doesn't have this experience, on uh, th- that naked put, is that you creating a price for the stock that you want or is that the market telling you here are some options you can go purchase it or insure it at to use your the the lingo um is it the market telling us and we just make that choice of what we want to do and and following up with that is explain to us how the different dates
0: work yeah. So you can basically, there's an options market. It's a huge, huge market. Okay. You can basically go in there and you can pick the date that you want to insure it for and the price that you want insured. insure for. You know, it could be in $2 increments or $5 increments. And let's say you don't want to insure for April 17th. You want to insure it for May, or you want to insure for next year, right? Basically the further, the further you insure it and the closer to the strike price, the more you get paid. So the idea is, this again, this will only work if it is the company that you want to own. If it is a company that you don't care to own, and you're just there getting the insurance premium, that is a problem. Mm. That's why we trade this specific way so that we make our default scenario. Well, hey, we just bought a stock that we want to own anyways. I can live with that level of risk, right? So there is an exchange, a Chicago Board of Chicago Board of Exchange. Um, And also, I want to give you something else, too, okay? If you ever look at Berkshire Hathaway's annual report, that is Warren Buffett's uh, company, Berkshire Uh, Hathaway. I read it every night. (laughs) It's not a a fun read, but it it gives you a lot of clues because think about it, okay? If one of the richest human beings in the world ever to live, the greatest investor of all time, is using a strategy, is it not a good idea to probably look at that strategy yourself? So if you look at Berkshire Hathaway's 2018 financial report, you'll see a section that says derivative contract liabilities, okay? That's a fancy way of saying he insured stocks he wanted to buy, okay? Now for that, he was paid $2.45 billion, okay, Just in 2018.
1: Hmm.
0: Now if Warren Buffett's doing this strategy, why would I be stupid enough to try to reinvent the stock wheel and not do it, right? So what we do is we do something very, very similar to what he does. And we take our proceeds and we acquire real estate assets with it because it gives us another asset category. And when you get both of these pies big enough, you'll know, hey, I can move money into real estate right now because it's cheap. Or, hey, I can move money in the stock market right now because it's cheap. I'll give you another example right now. Uh, the 10-year bond has is, is really gone down because of this coronavirus, okay? Now... If you look at uh, borrowing right now, like if you look at uh, the cost of borrowing, let's say for a commercial mortgage right now. Yeah, thank you, Andre. It's very, very cheap, okay? Yeah, exactly. Now that that means cap rates are very compressed, right? Cap rates are going to be real low right now. Just because now when cap rates are this low and prices are this high, you're going to have to buy it if you don't know anything else, right? If you don't have any other knowledge of any other asset category and you have money sitting around, you're probably going to buy real estate. What I'm suggesting do is learn another asset category, the stock market, which is down 20% now because it's coronavirus. So if you have funds lying around in a line of credit or something that you can access or a bank account, this is the time that people make a lot of money in the stock market. But people will never get around to it because they simply don't have the level of knowledge required to take advantage of this. And that's unfortunate. And that's why that's why I created this company. Okay. Okay. So, uh, moving forward,
1: what you created this company to help people understand that grasp it and to show them that there is more one more than one way to create wealth and typically there are there has to be right. In, uh, there's all been the stats out there that, you know, 90% of millionaires created wealth through real estate, but what do they do with that? How do they pass on that legacy? How do they pass on that wealth? And and by using stock options as one of those other pillars, uh, that's a big, I think, huge piece of the puzzle, right? Because I've, I've got real estate now that we've been selling and we've been, you know, looking at at moving some of our assets around. To, 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 to diversify because I, I, I'm not that I'm the expert at real estate but I've held it for some of our properties for 12, 13 years now and there's there's equity there mm-hmm. right which is yeah. awesome that's the wealth that I get to pass on right but I think what people fail to realize sometimes is how do you how do you leverage that access meaning access, how, that wealth. Access, access that wealth or that equity to create yes. more of it not more for us because we don't need it it's, it's more for our families and what are they going to do with that? So is that is that like where your mindset's at? Like how do you create more so you can help others? Tell me about that, Omar.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to be, uh, you know, I want to be as wealthy as possible because when you have a lot of wealth, you can create the change that you want to be, right? That's a Mahatma Gandhi saying.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Be the change that you want to see, right? So if you want to do something, I right, my, my, what I want to do, is I want to make people financially literate and give them financial confidence so that they can feed their family and themselves for the rest of their lives. That, to me, is a very cool thing to to give that to somebody. And then, you know, like how many people I've taught, like, I get these awesome messages, hey, man, you've made a huge impact on my life. There's no better feeling than that. You know, no better feeling than to, to do something that you love to do on a daily basis. It's truly a, a great place to be. But the reason you 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 said earlier, 90% of of millionaires create their wealth through real estate. That is absolutely true. But I would argue the main reason for that is a lack of knowledge of other asset categories. So yes, real estate does work very well. And I'm a huge real estate holder, I, I love real estate. But the majority of that is due to the fact that they don't have knowledge of any other asset category. They don't know what the hell they're doing when it comes to stocks or private equity or whatever else it is. It's better to acquire that knowledge and then decide for yourself, hey, I can allocate some money here or I can allocate some money here, depending on where the opportunity is greater.
2: So Omar, um, obviously you mentioned you've been in the stock industry now for what, 20 something years. At what point did you decide, okay, I wanna start owning real estate uh, because yeah. For all of our podcasts we usually talk about creating multiple streams of income and this is the first time we've introduced you know trading and option trading as the, uh, uh, a particular stream of income and you this is all you knew at that time what made you decide okay let me start putting some money into real estate let me acquire 22 23 million dollars worth of real estate.
0: Yeah, I have, like I said, I have about 15 or so uh, uh, million right now in real estate. So what? Here's what, and, I, and I'll tell you how what happened. 2008, 2009 was the worst financial uh, uh, collapse uh, in recent memory. Uh, the world came to the brink of financial uh, collapse. Okay, I had all my money in the stock market, and it went down significantly. Now I didn't. It wasn't the end of the world because all I had to do was hold and then wait for the recovery, which eventually came and and I didn't lose any money. But it made me realize something. Never ever again will I rely on one asset category, right? Mm -hmm. Never Because if you rely on one asset category, Mm -hmm. you simply are leaving yourself up to a lot of risk. And I cannot live with that level of risk. So the 08, 09 recession happened and I said, you know what, I gotta learn how to buy real estate. So what did I do? I was driving down uh, – I live in Mississauga, and I was driving down the road in Milton, and I saw new houses for sale. So I went in there, and I bought one. I was like, great. Now I understand real estate. <laughs> the problem was <laughs> I didn't understand real estate. I bought it for the wrong reasons. I didn't buy it for cash flow. I just bought it because I wanted to get another asset. So I bought a 2,000-square-foot a brand-new semi-linked uh, house. It was a nice, beautiful house. Paid three hundred and fifty grand for it Ooh. in 2008. Uh, Ten, and you and, only purchased
2: one. Pardon me. And you only purchase one.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I started with one, and then I kept growing from there, growing and growing and growing. And then a few years later, I had uh, enough properties, and I had my trading, obviously. So, what six years ago, I left my uh, uh, high-paying finance job, and I was getting paid really well. Most people would never live that leave that job. You know, I left. The reason I had financial literacy and confidence, I believed in my own ability to create wealth. So I figured the worst that'll happen to me now is I'll have to go, I left with a six year old at home, a four year old and a two year old. Now that's not easy to do when you have a six year old, a four year old and a two year old at home and I left. And the only reason I left is because I had knowledge, confidence. So I knew I could feed myself because my trading account was big enough and I had acquired a decent-sized real estate portfolio that I believed that I could grow and and I did. Now, I have, now I've grown it significantly since then. Uh, I've given myself and my family financial independence. You know, I, 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 if I wanted to retire tomorrow, I could just trade and earn a very healthy income and sit at home and do nothing, but that's not what I wanna do. I want to make sure that other people can benefit from this knowledge because when you understand both these asset categories, I'm telling you guys, it becomes really, really cool because then you know how to move money back and forth from one to the other because sometimes opportunities will be greater one than the other. But if you only understand one category, you're gonna have a problem. My problem was I only understood stocks. So what I did was I enrolled in, uh, I joined Rain in 2010 and I was a member of Rain for about seven or eight years and I really learned how to buy real estate the right way. How have and we never we met, met, met before?
1: I don't get this. It's
2: funny because I've said the same thing. We've like we've all been a part of the same groups at some point yeah. or another, uh, yeah. But. I, I didn't meet you through Rain. I met you through trading options here.
0: Yeah, uh, it's weird, right? And I, I met I met you know so many other people that you know I commonly know together. I met them all through Rain.
2: Absolutely, yeah. and Rain has done so much for me. Like I met you through Rain. I think is our connection oh, yeah. started. Yeah, and some of our closest friends came through there. Now, Omar, you had mentioned in about uh, creating um, wealth for the family and so on. What does success mean to you?
0: Success isn't is not an absolute absolute dollar figure. That's not success. And buying stuff to me is not success. Who cares? You you get a smile on your face for a couple of days when you buy things. I I've, I've been there, done that, and I've come to the realization it's not it, it's it's cool when you're poor, right? When you when I was broke, I always wanted a cool you know sports car and and, and live a certain way, and then I did that, and I realized it's not going to make me happy. You know what makes you happy? To be able to live life on your terms. And freedom, autonomy—to do what you want when you want to do it. To me, that is success. To live life every day the way you want to live it, not the way someone dictates you should live. Okay, so that's my definition.
1: I love it. We could we <laughs> could just start and stop with that question. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> love it, my man. Um, that that that's big, is because people people often think uh, real estate investors or investors like yourself, Omar, like. We got life given to us on silver platters. You had to work hard for that, hard, hard, hard. Make hard. some sacrifices along, like a lot of sacrifices along the way, and um, you know. And nobody,
0: no, nobody in my life gave me a penny. My parents, nobody gave me a cent. I made all everything myself, so I, I know it's very doable. It's yeah. just a matter of knowledge. Good for you. Good for you.
2: That's amazing. So, why is it so important Omar, for you to pass this knowledge on to others?
0: Because if I had known this, column you know, 10, 15, 20 years earlier, okay? If I had known in my early 20s, it would have completely changed the trajectory of my life. Why should other people have to suffer simply from a lack of knowledge and the failure of the education system? Okay. If you go to a school right now, they simply they don't even teach you stuff like basic stuff. What is a credit score? How do I get a mortgage? <laughs> Yet they'll teach you stuff like calculus, calculus. okay? <laughs> right, to this day, I have no clue why I took calculus, or what the hell it even means to this day, and I don't even know anyone who's used it. I say that to my daughter every day.
2: And you have an economic degree,
0: right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, why is that taught, all right? Or Greek philosophy in first year university, but simple things like how to manage your credit score. This is how you should, you should buy a property. This is what leverage is. Here's how the stock market works. Here's what nutrition is to your body. Here's why you should exercise. These are things that should be taught. Yes. Not calculus. That is a complete waste of time. agree. If they had taught me how to make money in university in my first year and say, hey, this is how you trade. This is how you buy real estate. I would have got a bunch of A pluses and I would have left. Or I would have dropped out. Honestly, that's what would have happened. think, Think about
1: what that would do for us socially and where we are here in Canada, our Canadian economy. Hmm. Right. Just
0: think yeah, about how, how And that's the thing. Uh, it, the, the system is designed to churn out employees. OK. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's designed to churn out employees. It's not designed to churn out entrepreneurs. If it was designed to churn out entrepreneurs, they would teach you this stuff. Yeah. There's a reason it's not taught. Right. Like you think about it. How could you possibly get it? I know MBAs and CFAs who are financially literate. How could an MBA be financially illiterate? How is that even possible? <laughs> it's because they teach you business skills, not skills of how to manage money. Money is never taught. And that, that is the sole reason why I created this company and the sole reason I'm going to make this company as big as possible, because I already have everything I need in life, right? I got my family. I got my health. I got freedom. I got everything I need. What I, what I want now is to teach every single person I can to have financial independence and live life on their terms. I that's
2: my I love it I love it it, it reminds
1: me of something we have got some training coming up in our real estate brokers that we're a part of and it's similar our, our, the licensing and the courses we have to do to become a, a licensed realtor has nothing to do with a negotiations B yeah. what we're talking about here today managing money yeah right yeah I, I went and did this video yesterday on this rant of you know I received my first commission check I had no idea how to manage that commission check. <laughs>
2: Right. No idea because no one taught me. And no one has told you how much you need to put aside for the government when you make right. that check. Yeah. Well, the government
1: tells you. <laughs> oh, they tell you, but not not near uh, enough time to, to yes. prepare for it. So They'll but, tell you
0: afterwards when the fines and penalties have, uh, have accrued, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. So we're kind of speaking the same language here. Uh, and you guys tell me, do you guys think that's right?
0: Is that fair? Is that, is that the way it should be?
1: Definitely not. They do not teach you... And, and and we all can agree here on on this statement is they do not teach you real estate agents for 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 our audience at this present moment how to be business owners, they teach you how to go, do random weird stuff like to read a survey from the 1900s which I couldn't care less yeah. about. <laughs>
0: yeah, but how to be business no, owners? Nor, nor do they teach you how to how to how to how to, how to, how to create a, a real estate portfolio, right? They don't teach you that. No,
1: nope. none. We they don't they we,
0: don't. Te- they don't teach you debt coverage ratios, and then this is this is how much cash flow you need from your real estate. This is how you how you leverage your real estate. They don't teach you any of this stuff. No. They just teach you stuff that's a waste of time. And that's the unfortunate part.
2: And that is the that is the reason we started this podcast as well mm-hmm. to connect with people who are doing big things at a really high level and just bring it to our audience and expose them to ideas or thoughts that they might not have necessarily uh think about right and how do we create within all of this how do we create multiple streams of income a lot of us are investors now we're bringing on you know we've had on coaches it's just people who are looking at life as it is and think okay how do i take this to the next level and not just for me but how do i teach this others so that they can be successful as well
0: yeah we all talk about multiple streams of income okay but how many people actually know how to create multiple streams of income well that is it. That- yes not many right here's the here's the problem with real estate in my opinion okay and this is why I, I I'm a firm believer there's no perfect investment whether that be real estate whether that be a stock market whether that be secondary lending whether that be private equity there's no perfect investment okay I've got a big real estate portfolio but the cash flow from that portfolio is not substantial, okay? So real estate is great for creating wealth, right? Now, uh, rates have gone down, my properties have probably gone up a significant amount, okay? What does that mean to me? Nothing, I can't eat it, I can't really do anything until my refi has come up, even if I want to. So real estate is great for wealth creation and that's why it should be an integral part of your overall strategy. Where it lacks though, is on the cash flow. The options are phenomenal for cash flow. Stock market options, right?
2: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: It's terrible for wealth creation. So when you learn to use both of them together, you can have a really good time in life, right? If you can create a really nice income on the side, which will allow you to grow your real estate portfolio, and if, or let's say, for example, you, you, you say, I've had enough real estate. I got enough for the rest of my life. And I just want to live off the income. Yeah, you can have a really, really good life because real estate doesn't spit out a lot of cash flow. Yep. But yeah. the options, they do spit out a lot of cash flow, and that's why it's so important to know both of them.
1: So there's an interesting comment there that, or a question that I, I just came came to. Are are options best traded for us in Canada here within self directed RSP or more of a? a Call it a cash account type thing where where um you would pay you know capital gains tax on that and income tax on that right away
0: yeah uh, it's best traded in a in a, in a in a margin account in fact it's pretty much all in an rsp or tfsa you can trade them um you can do covered calls so you can make definitely it's good that's just an income strategy um, uh, so you can definitely trade them in all all the different uh types of accounts and I would highly encourage people to do that because, yeah, you can create yourself a very nice income on the side, you know, working a few minutes a day. It's uh, it's, it's a really great idea, but it's just not taught. And I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you, I'll give you guys another reason it's not taught, okay? The Canadian mutual fund industry is $1.5 trillion, Okay. You know, when you go into yeah. your the bank, and you're like, oh, I got the guy, I got ten grand sitting around, and I got fifty grand. sitting there. the guy, goes, oh, let me fill out this form for you, and you check the box. Okay, you're a balanced portfolio person, <laughs> and then they take your fifty grand, they shove you in some balanced portfolio. Okay, one point five trillion dollars are in those type of things in mutual funds in Canada. Okay, on average, they charge three percent a year to manage that money for you. Okay, that's through MERS, which is management mm-hmm. expense ratios. Plus mm-hmm. trading fees, which are not disclosed. Okay, that's a common misconception. So you're three percent. Three percent of one point five trillion is forty five billion dollars annually that the Canadian mutual fund industry makes. Okay. Wow. That's forty five wow. billion. forty five billion reasons to keep you and I ignorant. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so for a for a fund in layman's terms, it goes up ten percent. In a year. Oh, here's the, here's the, here's the kicker too here.
0: Yeah. 90% of these fund managers don't even beat the market. You know why? Because they're working with a 3% handicap. Yeah. Right. So yeah. If, if the market does 10, they got to do 13 to beat the market. And That's 90% right.
1: of them can't do it. That's what I was getting to. I'm glad you got there way before I asked the, the, the well formulated <laughs> question in my head. Yeah.
0: And you're thinking, what the hell am I paying for here? Yep. Yeah. The, so, you, so we're, we're here to show you that, Hey, there's a better way you can do this yourself. It takes you 30 minutes a day and you can beat the crap out of these guys.
2: Love it, love it. Because, like, there's so... First, I was introduced to uh, Omar by our mutual friend, Mark, uh, Mark Loeffler. No,
1: he sense. does not get a name or no, shout oh, out on he
2: does. Okay, we'll edit that one out. Uh, okay,
1: okay. <laughs> he shows up on every podcast just yeah, a bit. Yeah, but so we've funny. never had him on. No, I'm yeah. kidding. We, we've had.
2: <laughs> that is so funny. So You guys got have him
0: on. He's a
1: great guy. Yeah, We've had him on. <laughs> we've
2: had him on. Um, he's a so good dude. I was introduced yeah, a- to uh, Omar through Mark. And we were in a group, and this is before you even launch your, your, your training course around this. And yeah. I picked up so much. And then I went to your actual formalized training course that I think was done at uh, Seneca or somewhere, someone of the, the college. Sheridan. Uh, Sheridan uh, yeah. Someone of the colleges there. I went there for a two-day session. The amount of knowledge that I came out with for those two days was like, wow. So, And so kudos to you uh, for really, you know, um, putting that training into an actual formalized standard where, you know, someone like me who true osmosis i was picking up a lot of the information because of the group i was in with everyone that was trading but when you put things down here are the steps to to follow this is how we choose a stock that really helped my portfolio so uh, publicly you want to you yeah know, shout out to why you. we choose
0: the stock anyways
2: yeah shout outs to you for doing that now how do people get in touch with you if they're looking at, you know, they're intrigued about this, they wanna learn a bit more uh, about this option trading.
1: Not a bit more, they wanna learn a lot more. What do I gotta do to, to go to your next course, Omar? That's the question that should be thrown out there.
2: Well, I was getting to that, I know but you I like the way you said yeah. <laughs> So we, we,
0: we've made these courses very, very affordable. We're not there to, um, uh, they're there to make it affordable for anyone, okay? That's the idea. It's not gonna be overly expensive. Some of these courses in the United States, uh, you know, they're like 20, 30 grand, which is, that, that I hate that stuff, right? Financial literacy should be accessible to almost, you know, everyone who has a willingness to learn it. Okay. Yeah. So what my, my business partner, Matthew and I did, we designed a course, the same course we would have loved to have had 20 years ago when we first started trading. That's the course we designed. It's two full days, you know, 9am to 530 30 at either a U of T or a Sheridan or somewhere, well, That's where we do the courses. And if you want more information, you go to 30MinuteStockTrader.com. That's 30MinuteStockTrader.com and just put out your information and we'll let you know when the next course is. Or you can go to our website, Cocom And we have courses coming up all throughout the year. Uh, and again, the idea is to provide financial literacy. It's the exact course that we want to If I had this course 20 years ago, it would have completely changed my life. And that's why we did this. To make it accessible to everyone and to show everyone there is a better way. You don't have to rely on these professional money managers to manage your money. You can do it yourself and you can do a far better job. And also, you don't have to only know one asset category. You don't only have to know real estate. You know both of them. You'll know, well, hey, stock market's down 20% right now. What do you do? You buy low, sell high. It's pretty simple. So right now would be the time Instead of panicking to take money if you have it and, and and buy things that aren't cheap, right? That would be the logical idea. So I encourage everyone, if you can, to learn a, as much about it. I promise you the one thing you'll find, and Colin, you've, been, you, you've got this knowledge. It is a game changer. The knowledge Absolutely. is a
2: game changer. Absolutely. And because no matter what, this knowledge stays with me. Nobody can yeah. take it away, right? nobody can take it away and now this is something that i can now pass on to my kids my son uh, in a couple of well if not this year he's going to be learning this very soon now he can start looking at certain things that he wants to some stocks that he wants to own but that is the power of knowledge right because once it's yours it's yours you nobody can take it from you
0: yeah, that's the power of knowledge. Like, like I had to educate my real estate myself on real estate. I knew nothing about real estate, nothing, until ten years ago. I knew nothing about real estate. I knew I lived in a house, and that's all I knew. I didn't know, I didn't know why, how to buy investment property. And my first experience of buying real estate, all clearly, was a terrible idea. It worked out really well in hindsight, but I did it for the wrong reasons. You know, walking into a place, say, I'm going to buy this. Well, that's great, but it was for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. So what it really boiled down to was education it was knowledge if you teach your son this calling at this age and he and he applies himself I, I guarantee you it'll change his entire trajectory of his life financially anyways right of
1: course, of course of course so so as we wrap up here i want to circle back to something that i think most People and I know you kind of dropped hints in and, in and around throughout our conversation. What most people assume stock trading is like you're you're at the computer, ten hours a day, reading uh-huh. stuff, trading stuff. But I I know you think differently in practice, dif- differently. Explain to us what that looks like uh, from your perspective.
2: Yeah, how, how yeah. often? You, how, those how those long? people what
0: they're doing is they're taking advantage of price movement, so they'll they'll buy uh, here and they'll sell. A, you know, 20 cents later and they'll make a money and they'll sell here and buy here. They do this all day long. That's why you'll see the multiple screens on their on their desk and they're just buying and selling, buying and selling all day long. We don't do that. That could t- That's your whole day. I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't picture that as a very good day sitting in, in front of four screens, staring at a bunch of charts. That is not a fun day to me, okay? Yeah. What we do is we teach people how to simply ensure stocks they want to own anyways. And that doesn't take anywhere near as much time. You only need to spend 30 minutes a day because you look at it. Okay, well, hey, oh, TD is down. Oh, I'll put I'll, I'll put some insurance on this stuff because I want to buy it anyways. And then you put your phone away and you're done. And you get paid very handsomely for that insurance.
2: So that's all you have to do.
0: You don't have to look at it because what's your worst case scenario? You own TD. So what? You would have bought it anyways.
2: It's funny. So this is why
0: it's such a good program because it only takes 30 minutes a day. And think of when you're when you're a little bit older and you, you got a, a couple more bucks in your and your in your account. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. You, had, you could you could just literally just do this for the rest of your life. You wouldn't even have to do anything else. You know, if you got a decent real estate portfolio and you spend 30 minutes a day trading. Imagine what the rest of your day looks like. You do whatever the hell you want. You want to have fun. You want to go to the gym. You want to get a massage. You want to do philanthropy. Go for it. And that's the cool thing.
2: Now, Omar, you said something there because it really doesn't require a lot of time. And I remember making my first trade and after my first trade was executed, the person who was helping me make that trade, he said, just in that, you know, five minutes it took for you to make that trade because uh, he was walking me through it. He said, you just made $200. He said. How many people do you know work an entire day? Work an entire day for two hundred dollars,
0: right? Yeah, and yeah.
2: within that phrase, it it created the power of. Oh my gosh, you're right. Now, yeah. in a couple minutes a day, I can just trade a few stocks, and that's it. I pull out. These are all I want to trade today, and that's it for today.
0: Yeah. How long do you spend a day trading,
2: Colin? Twenty minutes. Uh, yeah, about twenty minutes. 30 minutes, that's the why, absolute most. That's why this is.
0: This should be like this The system that we use should be called the Idiot's Guide to Being Rich,
2: okay?
0: <laughs> because you don't have to have any special knowledge. You just need a bit of education. You can literally keep your day job, right? So you yeah. can learn how to do this and learn how to buy real estate. You take your profits from this, you buy real estate. You can do this while you have a day job so that you won't have to have a day job one day. Absolutely. That's the power of financial literacy and financial confidence.
1: Love it, love it. I got a thousand other questions, but I'm sure they're all answered within your course. So when somebody does go to one of your courses, uh, give us that that quick kind of overview of what they're going to walk out of the room with after two days. I know Colin gave you a great testimonial about it, but I want to hear it from you, uh, Omar.
0: Yeah. So you walk in the course on Saturday morning, nine o'clock, and you're like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to learn. You'll have some reading material that you'll have to read before then. And you come in with no knowledge. We talk right from the basics of what is the stock market. On day one at 9 a.m. to at 5:30 p.m. on day two on Sunday, you'll know exactly how to insure stocks, why to insure them, what to look for, and then the knowledge is rest for the rest of your life is yours. We also give you 12 months of support, so you get a daily newsletter and it shows you all of our market commentary, how we think the markets are doing, our trades, and we do eight webinars because there's a learning curve. You know, just like anything that you want to do in life that you want to be good at. You gotta put in the work, okay? When I learned real estate, I put in the work. Now, you want to learn the stock market? You want to learn the right way to make money? You gotta put in the work, and it's gonna take about a hundred hours to get you up to speed. But once you put in that work, nobody in this world can take that knowledge away from you. That's cool.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, I'm signing up. I'm logging <laughs> on to sign up. I can't wait. I am so excited about this. Not only because Actually,
0: of like, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you, like, I used to do this just because. Like I I taught people just friends and family over the years because I know what an impact it made in people's lives. So I would just teach my friends and family like, hey, you should really learn how to trade. And I would harass them and bug them. And this is far before I ever decided to, 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 to run a course and a company around it because I know it works and it makes a tremendous impact on people's lives. So I would strongly encourage you to to, to learn this as well.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, for me, it's that fear of being left behind because, you know, my good friend Mark is doing it. Colin's now doing it. And I have other friends that are doing it that you know of. I'm like – Wait! <laughs> <laughs> I can not let me get on that bus. I'm coming with you. So here it I am.
0: FOMO, right? FOMO. That's Formo, right. Yeah.
1: There you go. There you go, Omar. For me, this has been uh, so awesome. Because uh, I've heard a lot about you uh, through all of those same people I just pretty much talked about. But now to actually get to talk to with you, it's uh, been a real pleasure. Um, and last comments. Uh, last comments as we sign off on here. What's next for Omar in 2020, and uh, and and where where are you going in this year?
0: Uh, my plans are to grow Theta Trading to be as big as possible and to make as many people financially literate as I possibly can, and to give them financial confidence. That's 2020. That's 2021, 2022. As long as I'm alive, my job because I know the pain. That not having resources caused me when I was growing up. It caused me pain. You know, when you don't have money, you get depressed. You know, your your habits sometimes get poor. Uh, your, your, Your vision on life becomes blurry. But when you have confidence in yourself and knowledge, everything changes. So my only goal is to teach as many people as I can to have financial confidence so that they can live life on their terms. And just one last thing. If you want to learn anything more about it, please go to 30minutestocktrader.com or betatradingco.com. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: Uh,
2: awesome, Omar, my brother. This is why the guy is in my phone as the options oracle. Omar, <laughs> my brother. Thank you so much for all that you've done for me, all the that you've done to help me understand this knowledge. Thank you for sharing this with our audience. Uh, looking forward to building big and great things with you, man.
0: Fantastic! Thanks so much, guys. It was a pleasure to be on, and thank you so much for having me on. I'd love to come on ever again if. Uh After some of your listeners get to leave, I'm sure they're probably going to want to know more one day, but uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to spread the word. So thank you.
1: Awesome. Well, for Omar Khan, Khan, sorry, excuse me, and uh, that's Sir Colin Campbell. I'm Gary McGowan of the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to click the subscribe button so new episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device. Please help us reach more people by leaving a rating and a review on your podcast player of choice. Now go make it an amazing day for somebody.